Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Wednesday, July the 27th, 2022. It is currently 3.06 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. And you can probably tell I don't sound my normal self. That's because I've tested positive for COVID, and between about 12.30 this morning and 6 a.m., I really thought I was going to end up in the ER. I've, oh, I am not doing well today. I'm not doing well today. I was going to try not to say anything, but the second I started talking, I'm like, I'm going to have to explain what's going on because I know I don't sound very good. So what I'm going to do, it is Wednesday. And we're in another week of Bible study. And this week, the Bible study is on 1 Corinthians 13. We're trying to figure out what is love. We're trying to come up with a biblical biblical definition of love. And so there's a lot that I need to do. There's a lot I want to do. But obviously, I don't have the physical ability to do everything I want to do. And there is nothing more frustrating uh, so, someone said you should be resting and drinking plenty of liquids. Well, I, I do have I do have a drink here. See, so I'm drinking. I'm drinking. Does that does that count? I probably should be resting, but here I am. It is Wednesday. So as I was saying, it is very frustrating when you you know you need to do something. You know you want to do something, but you lack the ability to do so. That is extremely frustrating, and that's how I feel right now. There are so many different things I need to be doing live broadcast about, but you can hear in my voice, there's just no way. There's just no way I'm going to be able to pull that off. So the, the longer I talk, obviously, the greater chance I'm going to reach a point where I'm just going to have to stop in the middle of a live broadcast. So I'm not going to do that. So a couple of things quickly. Number one, please keep working on the Bible study exercise for this week. If there's anything I can do, let me know. I will do everything in my power to help you. As we, This is a very important study, and hopefully you're getting... I, I'm, I'm glad I was able to get some of the assignments out early because hopefully I've given you something to do, and this week of Bible study won't feel like it's been wasted, all right? So please do that. And number two, I just want to take a few minutes, just take a few minutes, and I'm going to... Oh, and I have open here right now the curriculum for the Bible study exercise this week. And we're just going to go through and I'm just going to point out a few things, ask some questions, and uh, just kind of, just mainly just to get your attention back on that, right? Instead of, I don't want you to be, uh, well, not, not just for you, but for myself. I could sit here and be distracted by my physical condition. That doesn't do me much good just to sit there and focus on that. I could be preoccupied with that, but, um, yeah, I, we need to get back to focusing on what we're supposed to be focusing on. So let me log back in. Uh, this logged me out. Yeah, that's all I need. Take take more time to get to what we need to get to. That's all, that's all I need. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. Yeah, definitely my... Uh, my throat is not great. All right, that's okay. That's okay. Let's let's get focused. All right, so if you open up the curriculum, 
Um, it, it says, what does love look like? That's the kind of the title for the study. What does love look like? I went with a different direction. What is love? Because it's not, I, I'm, I guess what, what does it look like is one thing, but trying to understand what it is in a, in a proper biblical definition. Because I think there's a lot of, of ideas that may, may, may not be that biblical in your mind and in my mind. All right. Then, um, I'm not going to describe anything else here, all right? I'm going to go down. They do, a, they do a very good job in the curriculum in connecting chapter 13 with chapter 12. That's worth your time just looking at just for that. But then they come down and they ask this question. And I, this is a question I want you to ponder. If you look at 1 Corinthians 13, just so that you know, 1 Corinthians 13 you'll notice how the chapter begins. And this is how it connects it back to chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Chapter 12 is all about spiritual gifts. Chapter 12 is about all about the spiritual gifts. And then chapter 13 begins this way. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. All right? Now, this... You get, you get the idea of speaking in tongues, the idea of, of basically a spiritual gift, a spiritual ability, ability to speak. And I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have faith so that I can remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And if I, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profit, it profiteth me Nothing. So it talks about all of these in a sense. It's mentioning all the spiritual gifts and some, or it's at least referring to some of the spiritual gifts mentioned in chapter 12. And it's basically making a point. You can have all the spiritual gifts. You can have, um, you can have all these great spiritual benefits, these spiritual gifts, these spiritual abilities. But if you do not have love, it's absolutely useless. And the curriculum asks this question. Why is religious activity meaningless without love? Why is religious activity meaningless without love? Now, that's something I want you to consider. Now, first, you could just say, is that absolutely true? And then you'd have to ask yourself, is any of our religious activity meaningful in any meaningful way? Because do we ever truly demonstrate actual biblical love? But why is it that religious activity would just be meaningless without love? Well, like, how would you answer that question? Why is religious activity meaningless without love? I think it's a good question to ponder. But they go on and say this. And I think this is important. They, they go on in the curriculum and these words, are, you find these words. The description of love in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, has nothing to do with emotion or feelings. The description of love in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, 4 through 7 has nothing to do with emotion or feelings. Now, that I've you, you've probably heard plenty of sermons that say that. I, I I have heard many sermons say that. I was taught that. I probably have repeated it at some point. I wonder, though, 
How do we, as Christians, because it's one thing to sit in church and go, love has nothing to do with feelings or emotions. That, that's not what it's about. Yet, every single person who's ever fallen in love, said that I love you, or any, to, or any of those words, would acknowledge that emotion played a big part of it. So if biblical love says it's not about emotion, or, or if, let me say it this way, if the biblical description of love has nothing to do with emotion, then how do we understand love in light of the, a light of the experience of having emotion? I mean, we can preach it all day. Love is not an emotion. It's an action. Love is not an emotion. It's a verb. Look, we, we can go, we can say all of those little catchphrases and everybody will say, amen, amen, amen. But then they know deep down that their understanding of love is so much connected to, their experience with love is so much connected to emotion. How can we, on one hand, say one thing when it contradicts everything that we've encountered or experienced? I, I, I think that that's something we, we have to talk to, we have, we have to talk about. I'm going to read all of this now. Uh, the description of love in these verses has nothing to do with emotions or feelings. In fact, these characteristics describe choices we often make in spite of how we feel. Paul's definition of love is about what we give to others as we see and interact with them, not what we expect to receive. It shifts the center of our focus from ourselves to others. So, two questions today. Number one. Why is religious activity meaningless without love? Number two, how do we understand biblical love as not being about emotions and feelings when we, all of our experience with love makes it about emotions and feelings? How, how do we, there's got to be a way to reconcile that. There's got to be a way we understand that. All right? But then... They say, they go on to say this, right? Here we go. So uh, according to them, biblical love, the definition of love, according to the Bible, is it's not an emotion, it's a choice. Biblical love is a choice. It's a choice when we choose to do these things, no matter how we feel. All right. Then they say, they ask this question. How can you and I live in love? The truth is, we can't. Now, as soon as I heard that or read that, I was like, okay, yeah, all right. I agree. I don't think we can ever pull this off, ever, in any way, shape, or form. I don't think we can, because all, all of these things that love supposedly is, all these things that define what biblical love is, if it's a choice, it's a choice to, to go against our own feelings and our own emotions and to put everyone before ourselves. Well, we know we fall short of that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but here's what blows my mind about the curriculum. It acknowledges that we can't, but they go on to say this. How can you and I live in love? The truth is we can't, at least not on our own. To possess the love of God, we must first be possessed by the love of God. Now, that sounds good. 
Let me read that again. There's something people would write in their notebook and circle it and put an exclamation point going, this is awesome. To possess the love of God, we must first be possessed by the love of God. So, hey, if we're, if we're going to possess the love of God, we must first be possessed by the love of God. If I'm going to have the love of God so that I can love others the way I'm supposed to, I have to be possessed by the love of God. Then this is implying I can do it then I can go around and I can love people with biblical love. So once again, this is the common thing within Christianity. Here's God's standards. You can't do it, but once you become a Christian, now you can. This is what they go on to say. God is love, 1 John 4, 8. 1 John 4, 8. Now, it's one of the verses I told you to find in some of the homework I gave you. 1 John 4, 8. So if you haven't found it, I just gave you, I just gave you one of the answers. First John 4, 8. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. God is love. Right? They go on to say this. God is love, and because Jesus is the image of the invisible God, when we see Jesus, we see God. Consequently, when we see Jesus, we see love. Read verses 4 through 7 again, but as you read, replace the word love with the name Jesus. Have you considered the Lord is not, and then they go on to talk about everything else, but the point they seem to make is, hey, we, we, we can do this. We can do it. Now, I've got to ask you a question. Can we ever truly demonstrate biblical love in any consistent, meaningful way? So let's go through these questions again. Number one, why is religious activity meaningless without love? Number two, how do we understand love not being an emotion or a feeling? It's, it's an action. It's a choice. Even though all of our experience with love is connected to emotion. Number three, can we truly love others in a biblical way and any in a consistent way at all is is it is it even possible even after salvation and i'm going to and i'll that's the only questions i'm going to ask right now that's the only questions i'm going to ask right now now, there's far more I would like to say, but, uh, but from the sound of my voice, you can tell that it's probably not good that I continue. But I wanted to at least turn on the microphone and bring these up, bring these issues up just to get you thinking about it. And I would love to hear your thoughts on them. I, I, and I don't know which question. The first question, you know, why is religious activity meaningless without love? Okay, that one, you may just struggle trying to come up with an answer, but that's okay. The second one I think is important because, because preachers have been saying it forever. Love is not an emotion. Love is not an emotion. It's an action. It's an action. Love is, is a verb. Love is a verb. Okay, I've heard it, heard it, heard it, heard it, heard it, heard it, heard it a million times. But to me, it just seems so fake to say that when everyone's sitting in the pew they know deep down their experience with love has all been about emotions. So there's got to be a way to reconcile that. There has to be a way to reconcile that. 
And then I think I think it's super important for us to determine, can we ever truly love with a biblical kind of love? And I'll just read the description. I guess it just depends on how honest you are with yourself. I don't know. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, charity, love, suffereth long, is kind, envieth not, vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, think no evil, rejoice not in iniquity, rejoice in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And and I again, you just look at that. Have you ever demonstrated that in your most clo- close and intimate relationships? In your own family, you fall short of those. I, I I just think it's crazy to say that we can do this. If we could do those things, there would never been a church split. There never never been broken homes. That would I I just I have a hard time with that. All right, we'll stop right there. I apologize that I cannot do more today, but I think I think everyone would agree that it's probably best that I don't try to do more today, right? So, but I want to at least bring those questions before you. Hopefully, you'll be willing to answer them because if I can't, even if I can't uh, speak about it, I can definitely read what you come up with and read your answers, and uh, hopefully that will benefit all of us. All right, now, the plan is, hopefully... Now, if for some weird reason, in a couple of hours or tonight, I start feeling a little bit better, you know that I will do everything I can to come right back up here and turn on this microphone. If I can't tonight, then you know if I feel better tomorrow, well, I'll definitely make up for all the lost time that I've encountered. All right. So someone said, get well soon. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, ah, Makes me so angry that I can't, that I can't. A part of me is like, okay, you can do it. Come on. Come on. Come on, you can do it. Come on, stop being a baby. You can do it. But man, my throat's killing me. So, all right, I'll stop right there. Thanks for listening. Email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Hopefully by tomorrow, I can, uh, we can get back to normal. We'll see. All right, thanks for listening. God bless.